Welcome to The Good Goddess Show, a weekly podcast for women who are fed up, are feeling bloated and tired. I'm your host, Kezi Hall, holistic nutritionist and all-around health geek. Let's dive in to the show. Climate change and what to eat. That is what we're talking about today. Yes, I'm excited. This is something I've wanted to talk about for ages. And to be honest, I've just kept on forgetting to record it. But we have had the big um, COP conference here in Glasgow where I live. So it has been literally in front of me for the last couple of weeks. And I want to talk about it. It comes up with my clients. It's something I care deeply about. And I want to empower you to make really sustainable steps towards sustainability when it comes to what to eat. So some of the stuff I'm going to share with you today might make you think, you might disagree with, might be quite shocking or revelatory to you. So I'm going to share with you my thoughts and then I'm going to share with you a couple of key actions, my approach, my philosophy for this. I am not a scientist, like an environmental scientist. So this is really based on my approach, what I have gleaned from the research from a nutrition perspective as a holistic nutritionist and what and how I basically coach my clients through this because this has come up with a good number of my clients recently where they're obviously trying to work on their own health stuff, but then they're also aware that they want to shop and eat in a way that is really supportive of the planet. So I want to share with you what I shared with them. So that is exciting. Ooh, I love talking about juicy topics like climate change. And I do get rather passionate in this podcast like I do with the most podcasts, I think. <laughs> but I hope you are doing well. couple of quick things. If you do not get my emails regularly, make sure you go to kezuhall.com forward slash join because I am sending out or have maybe started, depending on when this comes out, my Better Belly series. Actually, if you if you are listening to this just soon around it's been released, then I haven't started it yet. But I am doing a free Better Belly series that's going to help you to reduce the bloating and increase your energy. It's an email series. It's totally free. I'm going to be sending you some videos, really sharing with you some of the key foundations that I share with my clients to help you improve your gut health, your energy, and also your hormones. So if you want to create a better, happier, flatter belly and digestion by the end of the year, and just really know what to focus on instead of being totally overwhelmed by like all the things, make sure you get my emails. kezihall.com forward slash join. If you're not sure, go there sign up, join, and I'll make sure that you are included in this free kind of educational series where I'm just going to be sharing some of my best stuff. And honestly, this is, this is like, if you listen to the podcast regularly, you know, I actually share useful, practical stuff. I'm a very practical person. Like, so this is, this isn't just like, I don't know, nice things. I'll be sharing with you really clear step by step, do this, do this, do this, and you will feel better. Okay. Um, so do make sure you go over there and do that. Otherwise, um, I, I'm just trying to think of general life updates. I can't think of any. I was Googling, uh, ethical advent calendars before recording this. So if you have any recommendations, let me know. Last year I did green and blacks and Mon Montezuma's actually is quite good. For those of you listening in other countries, you're like, who are Montezuma's? It's just a chocolate brand in the UK. Anyway, so I've just been doing that. And also, I oh, it's just been fun. I've had a couple of recently of like previous clients just get back in touch. And that is always so fun. So I tried to keep in touch with clients. Um, but obviously, I've been doing this for years now. So I had a client I actually worked with probably like five years ago, like messaged me just the other day, just saying, Kezia, thank you so much. You know, this is five years ago. She came to me with loads of gut issues, was eating a really restricted diet and had gotten really underweight because of it. It was affecting her hormones, her periods, her mental health. Her Obviously, her gut health was getting was not getting any better. 
And so we just worked together so that her gut improved, she gained weight, she got her periods back, and now she's got like kids and it's just in a totally different place. And it was just so nice just to hear she was, just to hear from her and hear she was still doing really well. And just reminded me actually of the power of um, of the work that my clients do actually. When they prioritize their health, it benefits them for years to come and their whole families and the generations after them and the world around them. When you prioritize your health, it's really powerful, really powerful. It's not selfish. It's actually one of the best things that you can do for yourself, for the people around you. And like I talk about in this episode, the planet as well. So that has been really, really fun. So do make sure I, um, if you are wanting to chat about working together with me, go to keziahall.com forward slash book, B-O-O-K book and you can book in a zoom call and we can chat about um, what that would look like what's going on with your health what your program might look like I am taking clients now for 2022 so for me um before the end of the year then I'm also going to be giving you over 800 pounds worth of free gifts including lab tests, including just tons of resources, 800 pounds. I calculated this up the other day because I just really want to do something fun at the end of the year. I love Christmas. I just wanted to give like an extra special bonus for any clients that sign up um, to start working with me. To, so if you sign up now, we'll, we'll get start working in January, 2022. So if you sign up before Christmas, which is just paying a really small deposit to secure your place, and we'll, you know, we'll chat this through on Zoom. So we'll chat it through, we'll figure out if it's good for you. If it's the right fit and you sign up, pay your deposit before the end of the year, I will give you £800 worth of free bonuses, including lab tests, a couple of lab tests, all just totally included, courses, like just some chocolate, like, oh, just, I just get very excited about Christmas. So I just made up a really fun Christmas bonus. So if you are thinking about working with me, you're maybe not sure, book your Zoom call, kezyahall.com forward slash book. It doesn't commit you to anything. It's really not formal. It's very chilled. We'll just chat through. And if it feels like a good fit, you pay a small deposit now. And then we get started in January and get everything else sorted. And you get to benefit from 800 pounds worth of free stuff that I just give to you as like a yay, happy Christmas <laughs> kind of vibe which sounds awesome. So not only can you plan to feel really good in 2022 and have a plan in place, know you have support, you have structure, you have strategy. Um, well, you can also complete the lab tests before Christmas. So whilst we won't start working together, you can complete the lab tests. That means by January, we'll have all your data in, the lab test results. You, you'll be ready to go as of January 2022, if that sounds good for you. And that's like, yes, I want to do this. Also, it's great because you can pay a really small deposit now and then spend the next month or two just figuring out how you want to pay for it, you know, saving up for it, maybe get people to contribute for it as your Christmas present. Hint, hint, great idea. Then it just adds so much flexibility, which is really exciting. So if you're interested in that, do let me know. Well, don't let me know, book in keziahall.com forward slash book best way it's waste it just saves loads of time if we just sit and chat about it if it's a good fit you can sign up I think a couple of places has already gone and so there, there is limited space for this I think I do have about five places and I'm pretty sure one or two have already gone so sign up quick keziahall.com forward slash book if you want to get your 800 pounds worth of free bonuses I'm also offering some extended payment plans as well as a one once a year only thing you could do a nine-month payment plan which makes it super affordable only doing that once in the year though then keziahall.com forward slash book. We'll just chat it through. I'll go through all the details, explain everything. And if I can't help you, I'll tell you. And if I can help you, I'll tell you. No commitment, totally chilled. It'd just be really nice to chat as well. Okay, so do book your call if that sounds good. Otherwise, let's go on with the show.
we are talking climate change and what to eat. This is something I have wanted to talk about for a while because it comes up with clients and generally it comes up with clients because they are anxious about this and worrying about it and not sure what to do, what to eat, all of those kind of things. And it's something I also have felt anxious about recently. Um, so I wanted to talk about it. I want to talk about my approach. This is also really timely. I live in Glasgow, so um, COP conference, COP21, COP22, whatever it's called, um, has just finished. Um, so it's like the meeting of the parties talking about climate change from all across the world. It was a big thing in the city that I live in. There's been lots of buzz. There was massive protests, marches. There was also something called the People's Conference going on, which was lots of online and in-person events kind of outside the main conference. Um, I knew a couple of people that were attending. There's just there's just been lots happening and lots of really interesting um, criticism, ideas, all of that sort of stuff happening. So that's what I want to look at today. Now, I just want to make it clear, like I am not a climate change scientist. So I'm really talking about my approach and really I'm imagining, like I do with a lot of these podcasts, that you are my client. You're sitting in front of me, you have a bunch of health issues, your hormones are weird, your gut's terrible, your energy's rubbish, but you're also aware, you're like, oh, I want to, like, I don't want to just keep trashing the planet and, you know, maybe there's some, a bit of anxiety about that and you're just like, where do I begin? What do I do? Oh, like all the things. Um, I'm just going to imagine that's here. So this isn't, I don't feel super well-versed. I've done a bit of research in true Kersia fashion into some of the claims around, especially when it comes to food and climate change. So I will share some of that, but there's always um, more stuff out there and there's always more to learn. So this is more about my approach, my philosophy and how I would coach you through this if this is something that you have thought about, okay? So um, I was chatting actually with my um, coach recently and I was just saying, I was just feeling really anxious about this. It just feels like like a whole other thing <laughs> to add to my expanding to-do list. And uh, I come up with clients, I think it was just the other week, where she was like, oh, like, like I buy this, go to this shop and I buy this food, but it doesn't actually have the things that I need, but it's better for the environment. But I feel worse when I eat this way, but I've been told this way is better for the environment, even though when I eat this way, I feel much worse. And it was like, well, what, what, uh, like, what's, how do I do this? Like, what, uh, what, what do I do? It can feel like another totally overwhelming thing. So I'm just going to share a couple of my thoughts on that, about four areas, and then I'm going to share with you my approach, like what to actually do about it. So here's a couple of thoughts, let's say, that I've had around this whole topic of climate change and how it can impact you and your household, and especially around what to eat. So um, the first thing is, I have a bit of a problem with this in that it feels like it's just another thing for women to deal with, for another thing for women to add onto their ever expanding to-do list of things they should be taking care of and should be doing. Now, this probably because a lot of women really care about this. I really care about this. I really care about the planet that we live on, Mother Earth, and how we have treated her, which has been horrifically, you know, um, a great example of this. I got so sad the other week. We were on a little island off the coast of Scotland called the Isle of Gear. Really small. We were on this really remote, it's called the Twin Beaches, where it's like these two beaches that, anyway, it's beautiful, you know, turquoise ocean, nobody there, like the population is tiny, 
literally in the middle of the ocean and I'm walking along the beach, a little seal pops up and I'm like, hi, Mr. Seal, having a nice moment. And then I just look down and I realize I'm walking along this beach and I think there'd been a storm recently. So it was tons of seaweed and also tons of plastic bottles, plastic lids, beer cans, bottle tops, wrappers, like rubbish that we have dumped into the ocean that is getting all around the world and impacting the very life force, the very life that is our planet. And it just made me so sad because it's just so, we, it's just so exploitative. How we have treated this planet is pure exploitation and just violated this thing, this living thing that is planet Earth. So I don't say any of this because I don't care or I don't feel it strongly. I feel it really strongly. I feel our responsibility is to steward this planet and we have not been doing a great job of that, in my opinion. That's clear. You just just go walk along a beach, go look at the ocean, go have a look at how many animals have become extinct, how, you know, just all the things. So just want to put that out there. This is something I like a lot of things I feel very strongly about. So it's something I've had to come to terms with and create boundaries and parameters for myself. But I do find that often when it, especially when it comes to food, because in general, as a stereotype and through, you know, we know through research that women generally do most of the unseen or invisible work in our households in general. Hopefully this is changing in your household. It is in mine. Um, but generally speaking, women do, I think it's, I can't remember exactly, but the research was about 20, 22 hours of all the unpaid, unseen work. And that's the care work that's also, that often involves the shopping, the thinking, the meal planning, the cooking, all of that sort of stuff. So when it comes to climate change and what to eat, this is then a whole other thing for women to care about, think about, research, sort out, figure out, change. Just feels like another thing for women to deal with. When actually a lot of the uh, biggest, um, instigators and the most problematic um, uh, contributors, sorry, looking for the right word, here are these, a, a couple of very big companies led by a couple of probably men, but maybe not, but I'm guessing. Uh, and actually what it seems to happen in the media and in the messaging is almost like a guilt tripping. And because often women feel this and they care about this, it's kind of like loaded onto them. Like you need to change the way you shop. You need to change the way you cook. You need to change the way you meal plan. You need to do all these things. Come on, come on, do all this stuff, do all this stuff. It's like people abdicate the actual main contributors to this actually abdicating. And it feels like they're just blaming the already stressed out or woman who is already doing a part-time job of extra invisible work that no one ever pays her for. And then adding, dumping this on her plate as well, which I think feel like is unacceptable. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to come to talk about it. Like we can all play a role in this. I'm a big fan of that, but it just feels like when I talk to clients, it just feels like something else that women are getting anxious about, feeling bad about, feeling like they're failing at, feeling like they're not doing a good job of. And again, I know this, it's not, it's not just um, the females of the household that deal with food. I know that's very stereotypical, but we also know from the data, it's mainly women that are doing a lot of these unseen roles in our society. And hopefully that will change. But as of now, that is still the case. So that's the first thing. The next thing is from my limited research, it, eating properly raised, cultivated um, meat doesn't destroy the planet. Industrialized, mass produced meat is problematic. Well raised, local, normally cultivated, organic, grass fed, 
grass-fed, pasture-raised meat from the research actually supports our planet, supports our soil. But this is why this is confusing. It's not that black and white. It's like meat bad for the planet. Yes, no. It's actually yes and no. Um, Industrialized meat, when you cram in tons of chicken or tons of cows into a shed and make them go insane, never let them see light, feed them the wrong food that makes them sick, give them antibiotics, drug them constantly, force them to lactate for years and years on it. Like if you treat, like treating them horribly and industrializing, trying to make profit, so much profit and mass produce production of meat and fish is bad for the planet. When you do it properly, like we have been doing for the entire life of the planet, I just want to put that out there, humans have eaten animal products for thousands of years. Like veganism is not possible without our industrialized current modern culture. Yes, there's been cultures historically that have been vegetarian, but, and again, totally open to learning, being corrected on this. If you're an anthropologist, if you know of cultures that were vegan historically, long-term. I know people maybe did it short-term for religious reasons, fasting, spiritual rituals, those kind of things, but long-term, I haven't, I don't know that that has been possible because humans have always lived off the land. Living off the land is not buying vegan milk and vegan burgers. That's like, you know, that's not living off the land. So from what I written, from what I know, know and have researched, eating well-raised, cultivated, respected, sustainable, organic meat, and those industries, those small micro meat industries actually help the planet. It's these mass-produced meat, buying meat, your mints from the supermarket. That's, pro- that's, that's what's problematic. All the fast food companies, the cheap meat that they're creating, your McDonald's, the KFC. Can you imagine KFC, how much poorly raised chickens? I just, it, honestly, I could never, like, it just makes me cry. Just thinking about all those insane chickens just being like pumped out and stuffed full with hormones just so KFC can make their massive order of insane chicken for us to then deep fry. And <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'll not go on that tangent. Again, also it's worth saying, this, I don't share this stuff to, this. Re, it's really important that this whole topic, we don't make ourselves wrong and we don't allow ourselves to feel guilty. Maybe you're like, guilty, right? A KFC yesterday. That's okay. This isn't about guilt. This isn't about piling on and punishing and criticism. It's just, it's actually about sustainability for the planet, but also for you and for your life. So I just want to put that out there. Okay. The next thing is the next thought that I have is that veganism isn't the answer. I actually really, when it comes to eating and climate change, everyone just assumes because they've been fed this narrative that in order to, if you want to eat in a sustainable way, in a way that supports the planet, then you need to be vegan. I do not think that's the case. I would disagree entirely. I know that's a whole other topic, um, but veganism, again, is supported, is only supported through our very modern culture, through, you know, if you think about, I live in Scotland, um, as a vegan, you're probably going to be eating lots of fruit, bananas, maybe avocados, you're going to be eating grains like wheat, maybe quinoa, maybe rice, you're going to be making bread, you're going to be having um, things like tofu. Those foods, tofu, avocado, bananas, rice, are only, just an example, are only available, have only been available to us in the last couple of hundred years as we have created industrialization. Historically, we wouldn't have known what avocado was. We wouldn't have been able to get tofu, we wouldn't have been able to get non-dairy milk. Like, it's a modern dietary 
um, approach. It's not something we have done for a long time. So the idea that veganism is the answer to climate change, I do disagree with entirely. And I think it's a very media, there's an agenda behind it, essentially. Now, I totally get that people don't want to eat meat because the idea of eating something that has had life and that is cute and beautiful, that is hard. That's like, a like, like again, that's a whole other thing. I do really understand that. But I'm just really aware that we're definitely getting spoon fed this idea that veganism is the way forward. But most of the time, for a lot of vegans, this actually involves a lot of processed foods and eating a lot of foods that you just naturally are not going to be, wouldn't have historically been able to get hold of. So it actually, it feels like a very odd thing when I actually look at it. Also, we know from research nutritionally, vegans are often really depleted in a lot of nutrients. It's just, it, it's just really clear in the research. It's not like, in Kezia's opinion, it just is the case. Now, you can 100% be a really whole foods-based vegan. You can keep really on top of all your nutrient status, test yourself regularly and be really on it and be a really healthy vegan and do it in a way that doesn't support our awful industrialized food system. You can opt out of that, but it takes a lot of work often to do it. So it's, it's just this, I think people are looking and being like, oh, a quick answer is just to go vegan and I'll just switch to buying plant-based meat products and plant-based things from the shop, thinking that's helping. And I'm just not sure it is helping the world and it probably isn't going to be helping your health either. And the final thought is just to know that there's an agenda here. Often I, um, as you know, I really care about the earth. So this isn't like, it's all lies you know, we, we have disrespected Mother Earth. Yes. <laughs> and we are paying the consequence. Yes. But it's really important to see, just to know that when it comes to media, when it comes to company, when it comes to capitalism, when it comes to things you're being sold, there's an agenda behind it. It's either around profit or other agendas. So really be, so for example, when I don't really pay much much attention to the media because it makes me highly anxious, because if I think about the last 18 months, the main message we have gotten is obviously fear and anxiety around COVID-19 um, virus all the time. Fear, 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 people dying, viruses, wear masks, do fear, 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 stay safe implying that we are not safe. Stay safe, keep people safe, implying that we're not constantly. So no wonder people's mental health has totally gone down the table. That has been the messaging dispersed with climate change. Everything's terrible. Worry about this. Feel guilty about this. Change this. So the actual messaging behind it is very fear-based. And when it comes to media, the media is private. So social media, private companies, meaning profit companies. The um, If you think of news outlets, Sky News, BBC, you know, all these things are not like, are, um, there's often just an agenda behind them that doesn't, and that's not, um, that's not to say that's a bad thing. It's just to be aware of it. So a lot of the communication, just notice, just listen to a couple of news things, read a couple of, you know, whenever the news comes up with something around climate change, just take a step back and look at, is the message behind it hopeful and empowering or is it fear and guilt-based? Just have just it's a fun, interesting experiment. Is the messaging behind it empowering and hopeful, or is it guilt and fear-based that's gonna lead you to feel anxious, guilty, whatever? Just it's just really helpful to be aware of that. Okay, so those are a couple of my thoughts. I have lots of other thoughts and I could talk about those for a long time, but that's more just to lay a foundation of where you're at. Obviously, I don't know everything, constantly learning. So if you know more about this than I do, then you know, let me know. 
So what do we do about this? What, when I've been checked, I've checked this multiple clients recently. Um, what do we do? So, um, I had a client recently that was like, oh, Kezia, like, you know, I want to eat this way, but I feel really bad when I do. And, you know, they had a bunch of health stuff going on. Um, so I want to share with you what I shared with them and a kind of my approach. So the first thing you need to do is to get really clear on your order of priorities. This, this can, I find this helpful to actually write down, keep a note on your phone, keep stuck on your fridge, really clear. A list in order, so meaning you have one thing at the top, one priority at the top, then you have a list going down. So for example, you the way to do this is just try out all the things in your life that you care about. This might be a partner, climate change, your kids, your career, your family members, your friends, your home renovation, your maybe you're studying, you're maybe trying to get pregnant, like all the things in your life right now that are important to you, that you care about. Just brain dump them down. Then begin the slightly difficult work of putting them in a list of order. So what, what thing is at the top? What is your main priority right now? Now, this isn't static for life, but what is your main focus? Then what's the second? Like in order, put them in order, one down to however many. And this is a, such a liberating exercise because it can really, when it comes to making decisions around climate change, you want to see where that is on your priority list. And if you want to make a change, if you want to do something around that, it's how does that fit in with your top priority? So unless climate change for you is the number one priority at the top, above your health, above your well-being, above your family, above your job, above all these things, which it might be because these are your priorities. It's up to you. Um, for me, I, like client, I can't remember where it is on my list, but it's pretty low down, like down. I care about it, but it's when it comes to everything else happening in my life, it'll be like eight or nine. And the main thing, my number one thing right now, and to be honest, I don't think this will change, is my own health and well-being in the fullest sense of the word, spiritually, physically, my mental health, that my own recovery, all of that is my number one priority. So when I'm thinking about things around climate change, I any changes I want to make has to not get in the way of my number one priority because that is number one. Okay. So this can be really, really helpful. So for me, my health, my nutrient intake, my healing and repair, my mental stability, my energy comes first. That's the way it is for me. Now, I'm not saying that needs to be the way for you. You need to do this for yourself, but I'm just giving this as an example. So then when it comes to climate change, I need to think, okay, Right. So me, um, and, and this happened to me recently, I was just getting like, oh my goodness, we have so much plastic in the house because I do online shopping. So you get more plastic with online shopping. And the problem I find a lot of the time with kind of trying to reduce our plastic waste is I prioritize organic food. And most organic food is covered in plastic. Does my night. Now, I, there is a shop in Glasgow, uh, it's a couple of shops that do organic food with like a zero waste shops. But they're a half an hour drive for me. And life right now is a bit hectic. It feels, I feel like I'm at my limits with my twin babies, my toddler, my job, my recovery, my own stuff going on. So I haven't been to this zero waste shop since the girls have been born, which is nine months now. So I was beating myself about this because I was like, I totally can get plastic free organic veg. Whereas my, when I do my online shop, the organic veg always comes wrapped in plastic. And that just, it does make me sad. <laughs> Not going to lie. So I was beating myself up about this. I was like, it's not that hard. It's just half an hour drive there and then go and do it. And, and I, But I've been thinking about doing this for nine months and I haven't done it yet. 
So I then just go went back to my list and was like, okay, right now, so this is a good, a good example of this. Do I like that the organic food I eat comes in plastic? No, I do not. But because I'm clear on my priorities, my priority is number one, my health and organic food is really good for my health because I don't want loads of glyphosates and all these pesticides going in. I know that organic, something being organic is the number one priority. Lower down priorities would be organic and plastic free. So right now, in order to serve my health and to solve my mental stability, I am not putting the pressure on myself to do the hours driving to get to the zero waste plastic, it's a zero waste shop to get my organic vegetables. I used to, but life has changed. And I'm, because my health and my mental stability and the fact that I want organic food is number one, I'm doing an online shop. And yes, I'm getting more plastic. Do I want that to be the case for the rest of my life? No. But right now, at this stage of life, that is what I can manage. And I need to be okay with that. And I'm not going to feel guilty about that. I'm not going to feel pressured by the news or by people on Instagram telling me what I should do. I'm doing the best job that I can. And I'm going to review it. I think I decided like in February time next year. And then maybe by then, the girls will nearly be one years old. We'll hopefully be get finding our groove a bit. We might have increased our childcare. And that's when maybe once a month, I'll make the goal to go to this zero waste shop and do it that way. Okay, so that's a really clear example. Whereas I can get really in my head. I'm like, I want to eat organic, but I don't want it in plastic. And I could go to the shop, but I don't know where I'm going to find the time. And how do I manage that with childcare? And how do I manage that with this? And uh, no, I've made a decision for now to just do online shop because that's easy. And then I'm going to review that in future with the goal of changing that. But right now, because my health and my mental stability and my own well-being comes first, I'm buying the plastic, plastic organic covered food. And I know there's problems with that in terms of health because the plastic can infuse into the food. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. I'm not making that complicated. So it's this is why it can be really, really helpful. When you're really clear on what your number one or number two things are, then you make decisions according to that, not according to any fear-based or guilt-ridden agenda or information inputs that comes your way, okay? So that's number one. Get just interrupting myself to let you know something very exciting because it is that festive time of the year. I have created an awesome Christmas bonus. If you listen to this podcast and you like it and you want better energy, better belly, improved digestion, more balanced hormones, you want to shift your weight, you just want to feel good and you've been thinking about working with me, then now is the time. I am taking bookings for clients to begin at the start of January in 2022 and I have created a Christmas bonus that is worth over £800 for every client that signs up before the festivities begin. So if you've been listening to this podcast and you like the content and you've just been struggling to make progress on your own, you don't know where to begin, you feel overwhelmed, you can't ever seem to make changes that are sustainable. And the frustrating thing is you feel like you actually have a pretty healthy lifestyle. You eat decently, you've tried different dietary changes, yet your symptoms aren't improving or they're getting worse. If that's the case, then I would love to help you in the next coming months. And if you sign up to work with me, before I go off on my Christmas holidays, then I want to give you £800 worth of stuff for free, including lab testing, so we can do a really thorough investigation, and a couple of awesome things that might just arrive in your post. So if you're interested in working with me in 2022 and you want to get one of the limited spaces that I have, then go to keziahall.com forward slash book. This is just a free Zoom call, no pressure, it's really chilled, where you can just find out more information, we can talk about what might be going on in your health, and I can share with you what kind of program you might need in order to make the progress you want to make 
quickly, essentially. So if you are interested, make sure you book in that call. At the end of that call, you can decide what you want to do. It's no pressure. It's totally chilled. But if you want to make the most of these savings, and I'm also offering just the one time only a nine month option payment plan. So that makes working with me super affordable. So if you want more information, if you know that in 2022, you really want to feel good that you are just done with the burnout, the stress, the terrible belly, the embarrassing symptoms, the crazy hormones, the low mood, all the stuff. And you really, you want to make progress and you want to make progress quickly in 2022. I'd love to work with you. Head to keziohall.com forward slash book, book in your call. And if you decide it's right for you, you'll just get like a massive Christmas present from me in the form of like lab tests. But I do promise there'll be chocolate in there as well. Because <laughs> I mean, you know, lab tests are cool, but chocolate is also better. So if that is you, keziohall.com forward slash book, book your call with me. I'd love to chat with you. No pressure. It'd be so fun. It'd just be like the podcast, except you can answer back and you can find out if that's for you. And also remember, I'm offering a one-time only payment option over nine months. So you could spread it over the rest of next year and just really start to make the progress and see the results you want to see in your body, in your mind, in your energy, in your belly, in your hormones, in your weight, in everything so much quicker. Honestly, I promise if it's the right fit, working with me will mean you see, make the progress you want to see so much faster than if you did it on your own. It's just, I work with thousands of people now. That's just what happens. So caresyourhole.com forward slash book. Book your call. No pressure. If it's for you, great. If it's not, that's fine. I'd love to chat with you anyway. Um, and I will hopefully speak to you soon. Otherwise, let's get on with the show. Number two is start. Um, oh, and this is the other point. The, the overall arching philosophy of this number one is that if I, my belief is, and I share this with my client, my approach, my philosophy is, is that the healthier, the more energized, the more resilient, the more mentally stable, the more, the, the healthier I am, the better I can advocate and care for the planet. If I am trying to care for the planet at a cost to my own mental health, energy and stability, it feels really counterproductive and very unsustainable. The best way that I am going to really support and nourish our planet is by having the mental stability, the energy, the gut health, the hormone stability, the health in the fullest sense of the word so that I have the energy to grow my own vegetables so that I have the energy to raise my own chickens and goats, which I want to do one day, so that I have the mental stability and clarity to maybe campaign for something locally. I like, I can, we cannot do any of these things that serve our planet without our health. That is why health comes number one for me. If I am unwell, if I am knackered, if I am burnt out, if I am stressed, that does not serve the planet because any attempt I make to look after and change and, and make things more so hashtag sustainable is going to be short-lived. It's going to be like a diet. It's going to be like, I went plastic free for two weeks and then I got so burnt out, so exhausted, felt so sick. I haven't done anything for like a year. No, don't make climate change just like another diet. Like just, just don't. Okay. So um, that is really important. I really think that you, and this, when you're, when, when you create so much goodness within your health, then it 
ripples out and spills out and will serve everyone and every living thing around you. I know that I, as, as I have gotten healthier, I've had more energy to be mindful about my purchases. I've had more energy to like grow vegetables. I've done that the last few years and that's been great. I've never done that before and I want to keep doing that more and more and more. I wasn't going to be doing that. I couldn't grow my vegetables when I had chronic fatigue. When my joints were so sore, I wouldn't have been able to trowel, like to actually garden. I couldn't do that when I was crapping my pants in the toilet. Like, no, I couldn't. <laughs> So that is why, for me, my health is number one, because I know, and I see this with clients all the time, when you prioritize your well-being in the fullest sense of the word and making sure you're eating in a way that really heals and nourishes and supports your your body, your unique body, not what other people tell you to eat, what your body tells you to eat, um, then it, it ripples out. Then you're in a really resilient place to make changes, to campaign, to protest, to all of, you know, these things. Really important. Okay, so number two in terms of stuff that you can do. So number one, get clear on your priorities. If everything feels important to you in your head, like climate change and your kids and your job and your household and your life and your money and your studying, if you all of those things feel important to you, you'll feel overwhelmed and stressed out all of the time. You will. It's, it's not easy, but it's really important that you have a clear sense of order of importance of these things. It doesn't dim diminish, like, you know, my kids aren't number one on my list. Does it mean I don't love them? Of course not. Like, I, I, I the reason I put myself at number one is so that I can love my kids really well and my partner really well and the earth really well. You see, it's not, it's not because, you know, but some people would find that shocking that my children are not the center of my universe. Uh, but I know if they, they can't be, if I want to love them really well, you know, fill your own cup and all, all that jazz. Okay. So the next thing in terms of action, start local, focus on your household, your daily habits. So I'll give you an example for this. So right now, you know, this it's, I care and I have a tendency towards overthinking, analyzing and anxiety. So I'm like, and you know, I'm seeing all this plastic come on our house. It's making me sad. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is what my children are going to have to deal with. Oh, you know, all of this stuff, getting overwhelmed with it. So what I decided to do was, okay, what one habit in a day is upsetting me most and impacting the planet poorly? One habit. So I realized nappies, you know, we have twins, I have twin babies. So we go through a lot of nappies when they were born I, before they were born, I decided we were going to go, we'd just not use cloth nappies straight away. I use cloth nappies with my son um, for most of the time. And so we have all the stuff in the house. But I was decided, I feel like giving birth to twins, I knew there'd, there'd be a lot of recovering from that. And, and I wasn't going to be able to put a wash on every day of nappies. It's just, I didn't have the headspace for it. So I realized recently, okay, but we have all the nappies. The girls are getting older now. So this is probably a couple of months ago we did this. We also have a nanny helping us. Um, and so I was like, okay, what if instead of trying to do all the things to help climate change, I just focused on switching on nappies. We have them already in the house. I've done it before. So it's not like a new thing. I've, you know, I did it with my son. I get the, you know, there's the routine of it and the scraping the poo. It's gross. Like it's not fun. Like, but I'm, I know what it's like and it's not, 
that much hard work. Plus we have a nanny and she said she would help with it. So that was the one thing. That was me starting local. The amount of disposable nappies we were chucking out and we were using as uh, ethically sustainable nappies as possible, but no disposable nappies perfect by any means. So they were still going to outlive our children. And the fact that my children's nappies were going to outlive them really, it just really upset me. It's still, it still really upsets me. <sighs> but... So I decided the one thing I could do was, right, right, could use disposable nappies at night because we did have a couple of problems with our son because he was a very heavy wetter and a couple of skin things happening. So we're like, right, we're going to use disposables at night because there's two kids. We already are getting disrupted sleep. I can't be fannying around with cloth nappies and covers and leaking at night. Sorry, no. But during the day, we're going to do cloth nappies as much as we can. And so that is, that's, what's what I mean by starting local? doing that one thing. That's what I'm focused on right now. And when I get overwhelmed, when I think, oh, I really wish I could just play, nope. That's what I'm focused on. So start local. Okay. Next thing is celebrate your progress. So for me and for most people, it'd be really easy for me to be like, oh, I'm only doing cloth nappies. That's so not good enough. I'm getting, you know, my lentils are coming in plastic bags. I've got, you know, I could be making my own oat milk to end where I'm buying oat milk and and, and uh, like, whatever, all these things. I'm using disposable nappies at night. Oh my goodness, I'm still, like, there's, there's twins. So I'm still going through at least two nappies a day that are going to go in the landfill and outlive my children. That's just the reality of it. So I could focus on how, on all of that stuff, but I think it's really important to celebrate your progress. Instead, I can go, I have twins and a toddler and I run my business and I look after my health and I exercise and I feed my family really good food. And my children wear cloth nappy sometimes. I am a fucking miracle. That is what I am. I am like a goddess incarnate. How? This is amazing that I can do any of this. Isn't I have made so much progress. I am so impressed with myself. I am amazing. This is I'm doing so well. Yes, it is not perfect. Yes, there's loads more to learn loads more to implement, loads more to take responsibility for, and loads more to learn how to steward well. Yes, but at the same time, I'm doing a really good job. I'm making progress. I'm doing what I can. I'm starting with myself and I'm doing it sustainably. Do you see how that's such a different energy? And I feel so proud of myself for doing that. And because I feel so proud of myself, you know what? I'm probably going to make more changes, more sustainable changes towards sustainability quicker because I feel so proud of myself about it. I'm not beating myself up about it. I'm doing it at a pace that's sustainable for me in my life right now. Okay. So number one, celebrate your progress. And just in general, whether it's in your health, your eating, celebrate your progress. Next thing I recommend, you can do what you want to do, but I recommend that you opt out of the media narratives entirely. When it comes to climate change, really focus on local. Yes, feel free to like do marches and all of that kind of thing. Like I think those are great, you know, um, protests, all of these kinds of things. Yes, do it. Totally for it. But in terms of your daily messaging, what you're, how you're learning about it, opt out of the big media narratives around this. Go local. Start with your house, your community, your land, what you are buying, where you are shopping, what you are, like the, the example that I just gave, like for me, okay, just starting with nappies. Okay. That's, that's, that's what we're focused on right now. You know, and we already had a couple of other things in place that like we already get our veg box and eggs box locally. I only buy, um, 
meat from local, uh, from good farmers, basically sustainable um, farming, no industrialized meat, or happens very rarely in our house. So there was all the, those things. So the next thing I'm doing was just, it's just cloth nappies. So opt out of the media narratives that makes you feel anxious, feels like you're not doing good enough. Or also you'll notice a lot of media, a lot of narratives around climate changes like greenwashing and basically just trying to get you to buy more stuff to help the environment, which is a very weird have you noticed that? Like you just need to buy these, all these silicon things and you need to buy all this Tupperware stuff and you need to buy all these sustainable clothes and you just need to keep buying all this stuff to help with climate change, which I'm just going to leave that with you. That's, that's an odd, very odd profit driven narrative, isn't it? Just, just think about that. That's, I opt out of those narratives because I, I get very sucked into buying stuff. I love to, like, I'm a marketing person. I'm like, oh, cool. Yes, this is like sustainable Tupperware that I love. When actually I'm like, Kezia, you have tons of jars in the house. That can be Tupperware. You don't need to buy all this Tupperware. Or like, oh, amazing. Look at this. Like, this is a really cool sustainable cup. And I'm like, you have lots of cups. I don't need any more cups. So opt out of the narratives, opt out of the more buy, buy, buy stuff and do what you can do what you can one step at a time and celebrate the f out of it <laughs> you know maybe you switch to a veg box you know like i just mentioned a local veg box that gets delivered to your door with zero plastic in celebrate that brilliant maybe you make the switch to really well raised organic cared for meat brilliant celebrate that maybe you make the switch to eating and that might mean also you make the switch to eating less meats is more expensive so industrialized insane chicken is as cheap as chips kind of it, I, I know it's not depending on certain economic uh, where you are economically and there's a lot of privilege in being able to buy meat i do understand that um but compared to properly raised chickens it's cheap a properly raised chicken is going to cost you what 17 pounds i think i bought one recently can I tell you how often we eat chicken? A whole chicken? How often I roast a chicken? A couple of times a year. <laughs> because it's really expensive. <laughs> so celebrate that. Maybe you roast a chicken every Sunday and then you go, you know what, family? You know what, guys? We're going to do this once a month because I want to get organic chicken and it's like three times the price. <laughs> so I'm going to do it three times less often. <laughs> three times less often? Anyway, you know what I mean. Okay. So I hope that is helpful. But the main thing I want you to take away is I do not want, yes, you can care about climate change and the planet like I do deeply, but it doesn't need to be a source of anxiety. And the way you make it, you may, you, the way you shift that is by getting really clear on your priorities and starting really local and celebrating your progress. I am not perfect. There's loads of things we do in a day to day that doesn't totally respect and love on the earth. But I'm doing the best that I can. I'm taking it one step at a time. I have a clear plan. I'm clear on my priorities and I'm making progress. You know, making pro I'm doing way better than I was three years ago, way better than I was five years ago. I'm becoming more mindful. I'm becoming a better caretaker of our planet over time. And I'm doing it in a sustainable way because ironically, a lot of the approaches people have is really, they're trying to create more sustainably, sustainability in the planet by doing really unsustainable things. <laughs> For their own lives, which I mean, ironic, is it not? 
So I hope this is helpful. If you have any questions on this, or if you know more about this than I do, please get in touch. I am a learner. I love to learn. I love to research, but I hope this has been helpful. Give yourself permission to not be perfect at this. Give yourself permission to, to start local, start small and make progress and do the things that you can do. Okay. Sending you lots of love. You've got this. You can do this. Take a deep breath and I'll speak to you next week. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And if you want more help, more support and more answers so you can see quicker, easier and faster results in your beautiful body, head to keziahall.com forward slash book, book your free Zoom call with me. We'll just chat things through. And don't forget, there's some awesome Christmas bonuses happening. Otherwise, have an amazing week. Eat like you love yourself and I will speak to you soon.